This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul in Johannesburg, South Africa on this momentous Erev Shabbos afternoon on as we uh, usher in the very special Shabbos that is not only the normal, beautiful, holy, special Shabbos, but also, of course, the Shabbos that has been designated to spread the Shabbos throughout the entire world. I don't have the stats in front of me, but, but it's quite amazing that's that's going on, that the amazing gift that the Rabbi Nishlam has given to the world, that special, special opportunity of, of Shabbos is now, at least on this Shabbos, being spread everywhere, and, and everyone is getting this taste, this taste of of, of Shabbos, uh, that, that's quite, quite, uh, quite uh, something. Um, I know everyone expects me to talk about Shabbos. Some of you will, as we normally do at the, uh, at the end of the, uh, at the second segment of the broadcast. But I want to talk something that's quite fundamental in, uh, understanding Jewish philosophy and understanding how our life, and, and, and it will help us also to understand a very, uh, complex, Comment of of Rashi. Towards the end of the uh, of the parsha, we have the incident of the uh, birth of of Yitzchak and the 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 rivalry that existed between Yitzchak and his half brother. They shared the same father, but not the same mother. Yishmael. And the Torah says, "Vatera Saras ben Hogar Hamitzris," <coughs> and Sarah saw the daughter. Sorry, so, uh, uh, saw that the son of the, this Hogar Amitzras, Asha Yold Lavram, which, uh, she had bore Tavram Mitzachik. And the word Mitzachik is a, is a, is a difficult word to translate. You translate as playing. Rashi, uh, uh, on that verse, uh, tries to explain to us that what it means is that Yishmael was doing very, very Serious things he learns by comparing it to other verses in Tanakh where these words are used. It means he was doing the most serious, the cardinal sins, the sins of murder, the sins of idolatry, the sins of adultery, the terrible, terrible things that uh, every Jew knows that uh, he shouldn't he shouldn't be uh, be be doing. He says three explanations: murder. Uh, idol worship and adultery were all the things that Yishmael was doing. Quite interesting that on the very next Pasuk, where the Torah says that Sora says to Avram that uh, chase away this maidservant and her child. We're not going to allow this child to inherit together with my son Yitzchak. And there Rashi says, we teach us, that he was quarreling with Yitzchak about the rights, who was going to get the double portion that is due to a first, to a firstborn. Yishmael claimed, I'm the firstborn, and therefore I will take a double. And it says they would go out to the field <clears throat> and he would take his arrow and, and shoot. Uh, arrows towards Yitzhak and say, I'm just, I'm just joshing around. I'm just playing. I'm just playing with, uh, with, with you. Now, the Ramban asked a very strong question 
on uh, on Rashi. Rashi is basing himself on on a Gemara, Gemara in in Saita, and in Saita, these two opinions uh, are actually the source of a of an argument. One opinion in the Gemara says that Masachek refers to the three cardinal sins. And uh, the second opinion that says that uh, based on this Pasuk in, in Mishlei, that uh, it refers to an argument about, about the, the inheritance. So how can Rashi cite both opinions without actually letting us know that these are two actually conflicting opinions that don't actually agree agree with each other so the uh what's uh, another difficulty is that the pasuk itself also seems a little bit difficult because it says ben hagar hamitzris ashe yoldol avram she was the uh, yishmael was the son of hagar hamitzris which she had bore to to avram it really was necessary we know that avram and and Hagar together had had Yishmael and was unnecessary for the Pasuk to mention that Yishmael was in fact the son of the uh of, of Avram, as this already has been well, well documented. Uh another question. Uh Rashi makes his comment on the words Kiloi uh, on the words Imbani with my with my son when really he should have said it on the words <clears throat> if the whole dispute was about the the uh, the inheritance, then the, the the title of the Rashi should have been about the inheritance, and then we could have then decided uh, uh, what the, what the, what the key thing is here. So the reality is that uh, it seems quite fundamental that Rashi is saying is saying that uh, Sarah was quite bothered. About the fact was that uh, was going to take the inheritance, and in fact, that is what she complained to Avram about. You have to chase him away because he's fighting with my son about the inheritance. Uh, Sarah, he's also doing terrible, terrible averus. He's doing the three cardinal sins. Why aren't those bothering you? Why aren't you, why aren't you complaining to your husband Avram about those sins? Why are you bothered more about about the? Uh, the, the, the inheritance. The explanation would seem to be that we have to understand of who, in fact, Yishmael was and why he behaved the way he did. Now, the Svasemis on, on, on this Pasha writes that it's quite a common knowledge that there are four different levels of, of existence in this, in this world. We have what's called Domem, the inanimate objects, rocks and, and ground and, and things like that that you know are 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 uh, yeah they don't move they don't they don't uh, do much. Uh, the second category is the tzemeach, that which grows, that which develops, the plant life, the trees that are are changing and 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 growing and 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 developing. The third area is chai, uh, those things which are alive, right, or the animals, etc. And of course, there's the medaber, human beings who have the ability to to uh, to speak. Now, he says that 
in between each of these levels, there's a kind of a additional uh, 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 creature that bridges the gap between these two categories. For example, uh, we have the fungi, which kind of bridges the area between the domain and the the tzomeach. Uh, the bridge between the tzomeach, the growing and the animal life, is a very interesting uh, uh, animal uh, called the uh, avne hasade, which is a, uh, uh, an, an animal who has a cord that connects it. It's an animal, but it has a cord that connects it, and it gets its sustenance from, from the ground. So that's the bridge between plants and animals. And then he says you have the monkey, which is the bridge between the chai and the, and the medaber. The Svasemis and many of the others say that there's actually a fifth level, and that is the level above the medaber, and that is Adam. Adam, man, which of course refers to the Jewish nation because they are the ones that are called, that are called man, as Chazal uh, says, Atem Kriyin Adam, you are, you are called, you are called man. And he says, what then is the bridge between Medaber, the, the, the rest of humanity who have the ability to speak, and Adam, which is Klaiso, what leads from one to the other? He says that is that is Yishmael and uh, and and his descendants because they share some of the spiritual qualities which Yidden, which Jews uh, uh, possess and they and some of their other qualities are like all the other nations of the uh, of, of 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 the world. So that's why it says about Yishmael, who ye pere Adam. He's peri, he's wild, he's he's crazy, but he's Adam also. He has on some on, in some areas he has the level of being like like a Jew. Yodai Bakul, his hand is everywhere because he's involved in both worlds. He's involved in the world of the Medaber, of normal humanity, and he has some qualities that uh, that compare him and, and make him like the, the, the Jew. And and therefore the, the unique kind of nature of Yishmael explains why he behaved in ways that are, are, are completely opposed to, to each other. For instance, on the one hand, we find that the Pasuk says that Yishmael was prepared to have a bris when he was 13 years old. And, and, the, Torah, and the Torah praises him. The Torah mentions it, and Rashi brings it down. This is L'shiv Chayishal Yishmael. This is in praise of Yishmael to inform us that he was 13 years old when he was had his bris and he didn't resist as opposed to his uh, to to Esav Esav also was going to have a bris when he was 13 and he actually refused and never had and never had a bris on the other hand uh, uh, we know that he did all these terrible averis he did the three cardinal sins and uh, which, are, of course, are not befitting at all for for Jews to be uh, for Jews to Jews to be uh, 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 doing. So how do how do we uh, how do we manage this uh, this dichotomy, this complete this complete con- contradiction? So, in you know, kind of in any other personality, uh, 
So the wickedness of such a, a, a kind of a, a, of a nature would have forced everyone to conclude that his uh, righteousness couldn't be real. It had to be something external, something he was putting on for some other external external motive. Maybe he was prepared to have the bris milof, whatever, because it served his ulterior his ulterior gains. But however, we see this this wasn't the case with Ishmael, since the Torah praised him for having a bris, and this indicates that he did it l'shem shemaim, he did it totally purely. So therefore we have to include that Yishmael was completely different. He kind of sat on the fence. He straddles the line between a Yid and a non-Jew. In other words, although he was essentially a wicked person, he also managed to kind of garner and, and, and have a little bit of, of righteousness from his kind of Yiddish sides and was therefore able to be both Righteous and wicked at the same at the same time. And that's why the Torah tells us that Yishmael was Hagar Asha Yolda Hagar Avram. It sort of mentions that he was both the son of Hagar and the son of Avram. Because he had this this mix, this dichotomy, this uh, this uh, I guess you might even call it a split a split personality, that he was able to be both the son of Avram and Hagar at the same time and have the side of, of righteousness and at the same time do, do some of the terrible things that he, was, uh, that he was doing. Now, what we're talking here about the Rashi, so Rashi really understands that the conflict over the, the, uh, the Yerusha was not necessarily the the money the the assets of Amravin that he was going to that he was going to inherit but rather on wh- who would become the spiritual leader who would become the heir apparent to the legacy of of Avram Avram Avinu after he passed and we obviously take into into consideration our understanding of Yishmael's spiritual makeup so we can now explain why Sarah was so concerned, right? And and she felt that she had to speak out specifically about the fact that Yishmael was attempting to lay his hands on, on the inheritance. Because just as Yishmael didn't see any issue with his sinful behavior in his own kind of personal life, he didn't see it as something that would somehow disqualify him from becoming the the next leader of of the Jewish of the Jewish nation, this is something that Sarah couldn't bear to to even contemplate, and she understood that although Yishmael was a tremendous Balmadrega because of the fact that he had a brisan in other certain ways, nevertheless it was completely and totally uh, inappropriate that he should be the one to continue and, and be the head of the spiritual the spiritual yichus that she and Avram had really devoted their whole lives towards, uh, towards, towards getting. So in effect, uh, 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 Yishmael's life that is an actual, is a, is a living, is a living con- contradiction. So the two opinions that Rashi quotes are actually not contradictory at all. Yishmael was, was both. 
Yishmael was on the one hand doing terribly sinful behaviors, and that's what Rashi brings in the first pasuk. But yet Yishmael felt that he was still worthy, he was still uh, able to take on the mantle of leadership and get the, the Yerusha of being the next leader of, uh, of, of, uh, of, Klal, of Klal Yisrael. And, and that's why she says to him, you can't inherit with my, with my son because uh, 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 my son needs to be, needs to be the, 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 the new leader. And in fact, in many ways, the, the, the Gary Rebbe says that a Yishmal is worse than an ordinary Russia. Only Rashi, you know exactly where he stands, you know exactly where he is, he's out and out uh, evil. Yishmael is, you know, the, the wolf in sheep's clothing. He, he looks like, he, and, and, and there are elements of him that are, that are righteous, and the religion he founded also, you know, uh, is, is, is similar, very similar in some areas to our, to our, uh, our religion. And, and the message we have to learn from this parsha is is uh, very very important. And I'm gonna I'll finish up with it just in a moment. But it is time to make some money for Chai FM. So we'll be back in a moment. This is 101.9 Chai FM on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. We're back on your radio here on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayera. As we always do at this point, the important details you need to know for this Shabbos, the latest time for lighting candles this afternoon is 2 minutes past 6, 6.02. You've got to have them done by then. Try to have it early, especially on this special Shabbos project. Let's really try to do it uh, in the best way we can. Uh, Shabbos Kurdish ends tomorrow night at 6.54, 6 minutes to to seven, and uh, you know, participate, get involved in whatever program is going on in your shul, in your in your area, whatever street parties may be may be happening. Don't lose out. Don't waste the opportunity that this Shabbos provides. So, just in conclusion, what we're saying that this is such an important lesson for us that we have to examine ourselves and and ask ourselves the hard questions. Are there any elements of our lives that may in fact be a contradiction to to what we really want to be, where we have parts of us that are pure and good and we do the right things and sometimes we 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 uh openly go and do and do and do the wrong things you know if a person wants to set himself up as being a a a bentora a a a uh, involved and participating person, but if uh, we engage in in uh, activities that something that a, a person should be disgusted by, so then that that is a that is a contradiction. But the truth is, one doesn't doesn't even have to look for kind of extreme examples. Uh, it, it involves everything, and it, 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 it implies to our. Our pursuit of, of of physical things, you know, eating, uh, dressing uh, uh, too too nicely in designer clothes that that uh, you know that are the kind of things that are important to people who are very very far away from any kind of uh, any kind of uh, of kedusha. And of course, by doing our our utmost to drive out from within us the the impurity. Of, uh, of Yishmael from our own hearts and our own harms and our own homes, then of course we can merit 
uh, raising raising children and and grandchildren and and our, our legacy will be like the legacy of Avram, which will be a pleasure and and uh, something worth fighting over to want to to want to uh, inherit. We're back in our discussion of Malachas Goy of what it is that a, a non-Jew can can do or cannot do for you on on Shabbos. Last week we spoke, we've concluded our discussion about the area of uh, things that are a mitzvah or tzayrech gadol or there's some great need and where then it was permitted for a non-Jew to, uh, to, to be involved and to, uh, and to, and to help. Um, today we're going to talk about a little bit something, something uh, uh, different and that is the area of what happens when a person is, God forbid, ill. Or if a person is uh, a kind of very, 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 very uncomfortable, let's say in terms of uh, air conditioning. So when when we said that uh, generally it is it is forbidden for a non-Jew to do any kind of or for a Jew to request a non-Jew to do any kind of work uh, for him on on Shabbos. So that would obviously apply in a in a routine situation. All things being equal, all things being normal, you cannot uh, ask a non-Jew to do to do malacha for you. But in a situation where there's a ill person, and an ill person means a that he has some kind of a pain, some kind of a, a debilitating uh, ache that causes him to really not be functioning. Yeah, he may not be in bed, but he's really not feeling up to doing to doing anything. It's something that uh, you know, it may only affect one part of his body, but it's aching everywhere or he's actually uh, sick enough to be to be uh, in bed. That's what we would classify as a khayla sha'in boy sakana and this is this is what we we're talking about then you're allowed to ask a non-Jew to do any kind of malacha for for the sick for the sick person, even those things that are forbidden from the Torah, those things are, that are actually the Elamites, the thirty nine malachas, you're allowed to ask a non-Jew to uh, to uh, to do, um, right? And 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 this is referring to a a, a sick person who is not. Dangerously ill. If he's not dangerous, as we defined it, he's uh, racked with pain, or he's in in bed. Then this 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 permit this permit uh, allows. Obviously, if a, if a person is so ill that there is a, a possible danger, so then then we don't uh, say that only non-Jews should break Shabbos, then even a Jew must break Shabbos in order to, to save him. Because one of the fundamentals of Judaism is that pikuach nefesh, any situation where a life is in danger, or we'll see even possibly in danger, pushes aside the Shabbos and we do what we need to do to try to help and save and save this uh, this uh, this person. And uh, we're going to Go a little bit uh, later into, into details about about uh, sick people. It's 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 worthy of of uh, going through again because it's such a fundamental area of uh, of, uh, of of uh, of of Shabbos. Um, 
similarly also a a child uh, if a child very desperately needs needs something so that child also has the the falls into the category of being a non dangerously ill uh, child and you're allowed to actually ask a non-Jew to do for him even those things that are forbidden for the for the Torah. Therefore, one is allowed uh, to even ask a non-Jew to cook food for a, let's say, a child that has nothing else that he can or will or will eat, and he desperately needs needs some some cooked food. Uh, or you could uh, you can definitely ask a nanju to turn on a uh, a light where there are uh, children that are very very afraid of of the of the darkness right that's that's considered for them uh, something very very spooky something very dangerous and uh, the Ramal brings that down in in several places uh, in let's say places in the northern hemisphere where it gets very, very cold, right? Um, so then uh, you have the, always the problem of how to heat the house on, uh, on, on Shabbos, which just never, never warms, warms up. Uh, that they used to, uh, they used to, in the olden days, certain they used to, uh, you know, warm the house with furnaces that were heated with, with fire, firewood, and uh, and uh, and coals, uh, but by the time the morning, by the time Shabbos morning would come, all that would be out, and it would be it was necessary to to relight it. And and since everyone falls into the category of being sick when it comes to to uh, that degree of of cold, so Hazal allowed them to even request from the non-Jew to come on Shabbos morning and light for them every Shabbos morning the 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 uh, the the uh, the oven. Um, right, we'll come back with our closing segment in a moment. This is uh, Soul to Soul on Friday afternoon on Chai FM 11.9. Stay tuned. This, this is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 11.9 Chai FM. We're back on the radio here on Friday afternoon as we run around preparing for this very, very important Shabbos. Of course, every Shabbos is vitally uh, important and, and cements our Kesher, our connection to, to the Rebbeinu, to the Rebbeinu Shalom, to, to Hashem Himself. And uh, we all look forward every week to, to Shabbos. But this week, as I say, it's going to be such a big Shabbos with the whole world involved. And uh, it adds special, special kedusha. It adds, you know, every single Jew that's that's keeping Shabbos makes it makes a, makes an impression, makes a, a a spiritual mark in even in heaven. So we've got to go for it as as well as as uh, as we can. We're talking about asking a non-Jew to in a situation where it's very cold to light the the oven in the home on Shabbos morning because otherwise it would be unbearable. In fact, I used to call this person the uh, the Shabbos, the Shabbos guy. Obviously, this is not so relevant today because obviously today, even when it's uh, cold, so we can use uh, time switches or we, you know electricity or, or, or gas, and uh, uh, they don't, they won't go out the whole Shabbos. You can set it before Shabbos and it'll last. 
the whole Shabbos. So therefore, there's no heter to uh, ask a non-Jew on a regular basis to come in and light a fire. We can do it ourselves. We can uh, we can set things up uh, uh, beforehand to be able to go, and we don't need a a Shabbos goy for for that. However, if you have a particular once-off situation where, let's say, the oven went off and it's incredibly, incredibly cold, so even if there aren't any small children, still, you're allowed to request from a goy to light the oven for you on on Shabbos. And obviously, if it is a house where there are children there who need very, very much the warmth and the protection from the heat... So then, even if the, the heat is not that terrible, you can ask the guy to light the, uh, the, the, can, the, the heating elements, the, the oven, whatever it is, because the children are, are much more sensitive to, to this. Um, but note that the allowance to request from a non-Jew to do something that is forbidden from the, uh, from the Torah is only for a person who is constituted as being sick. However, someone who just feels a little bit uncomfortable, there it's forbidden to ask from the goy to do any kind of malacha that would be forbidden from from the uh, from from the Torah, right? Uh, uh, you know, if someone is feeling a, a little bit uh, hot. Uh, to ask the guy to go turn on the air conditioner is not not so simple, but those things that are only rabbinic prohibitions, so there you would be allowed to request from a guy to do, even for someone who's feeling he's not sick but he's he's, he's feeling very very uncomfortable, and therefore some want to say that on a very very hot day, won't be allowed to ask a nanju to put on the aircon. Because that, their opinion holds that uh, uh, turning on the the uh, aircon is only something that is that is a drabonon. So therefore, if it's if it is only a drabonon, then either for the mitzvah of oinek Shabbos for the pleasure of Shabbos, or to remove a terrible terrible discomfort, you'd be allowed to ask the guy to light the. Uh, the the aircon, but there, as I said, there is uh, a, a lot of a discussion about it. There are many of the poskim who hold that turning on the aircon is in fact a Torah uh, a prohibition. Therefore, uh, rather one should ask the the Nandru if he's going to put it on to put it on in an unusual way, uh, right? You should uh, maybe. You know, press the lever or the button using a a spoon or something like that, which then downgrades it to then a shvus to shvus because the issue of a nandru is a drabonon, and if he's doing it with a shino, then it's only drabonon. And in the situation of someone who's uh, in pain in tsar, then there might be a might be a heter for 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 that. Uh, and then let's say you did put the you did get the nandru to put the Aircon on or it is on, and then suddenly it turns very, very cold. So you would be allowed to ask the non-Jew then to extinguish the the uh, the air, the aircon, um, and 
you know, or rather, one, rather one should uh, just tell him, rather than telling him turn off the aircon, just tell him it's too cold, and hopefully he'll understand that uh, that uh, what you want from him is to is to uh, turn it off. Rather, as I say, tell tell a story. Don't tell him what he should do. Just uh, uh, state a state a fact, and then he'll go. Uh, if he doesn't hop the hint by itself, then you'd be allowed to tell him uh, explicitly to extinguish the uh, the uh, the air conditioning. That about wraps up our time for today. It always, as I say, always seems to go much too much too fast. So just before we go, just to uh, wish all of you the most amazing, amazing Shabbos, yes, the Shabbos project and, and, and our own personal Shabbos, our own connection to Hashem. Make it beautiful. Make it last. Find some family time. Find some time for yourself. Yeah. Get in on the on the Torah that's being that's being taught, uh, grow and and develop and and make this Shabbos something that will hopefully inspire you to carry on, keeping keeping Shabbos for next week and for the rest of your of your life. Hopefully, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being part of our reg, of our radio family and to all those within the sound of my voice. I wish a beautiful good Shabbos.